you don't just want financial advice. You want to build skills, discover tips, hacks, and strategies to help master your finances in easy bite-sized pieces. This is 30-Minute Money, and here's your host, certified financial planner, Steve Wershing. And welcome back to 30-Minute Money, the podcast that delivers action-oriented smart money ideas in bite-sized pieces. I'm Scott Fitzgerald, coming to you from RockVox Recording and Production in downtown, not in downtown Rochester, <laughs> downtown outside Bushnell's of Basin. downtown, downtown Bushnell's <laughs> Basin. I'll figure out where we are. Steve Worshing joining me from Focused Wealth Advisors. Thanks, Scott. To uh, rap a little bit about some things that we're either not allowed to say or we are allowed to say. I'm not no, quite we, sure how yeah, this works out. Wait, like, What legally. part of it is are we not allowed to say? Yeah, that's we're like the actual word. market. Oh. Yeah, the actual word of this thing that we're not supposed to well, say. It's just the first thing. I think we should we should we risk fate and say it out loud. I or? think so. Okay, I think so so we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about Super Bowl. <laughs> Listen to that copyright attorneys. Super Bowl. <laughs> <clears throat> we're gonna talk about some fun stock indicators um, that uh, that you may hear about. Uh, this is more of a fun episode than it is a useful episode, but these are kind of fun to go through every once in a while. And we're doing this because, of course, you know the Super Bowl is coming up. And that is one of those stock market indicators that uh, that gets talked about this time of year. So I thought it would be a fun time to to talk about it. Interesting. So so here's here's the the, the uh, Super Bowl indicator. If the uh, AFC wins the Super Bowl, it's predicted to be a down market for the it's a down year for the stock market. And if the NFC wins, then um, the theory goes, then the stock market will have an up year. So. Root for San Francisco. Yeah, go San Francisco. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Taylor Swift, but uh, <laughs> we want, we we're worried about the wealth, not about your boyfriend. He'll do fine. <laughs> wow. So this is um, this is kind of like one of those conspiracy theories things that <laughs> is kind of strangely true. I, no, I don't think it's it's <laughs> not a conspiracy theory. I think it's I think it's just more. You know that uh, oh well, these all these different things are going on in society, and and one is is you know. Gives you an insight into the other, although that's not really that's not really true. So it was noticed back in 1978, and if you went back through the whole history of the Super Bowl, um, then it would have a pretty impressive 75 percent success rate. However, if you uh, if you took a look back only at the time period of time since they noticed it, since they created this indicator, not created it, but noticed the indicator, it's only been right 67 percent of the time. So you know it's it's not really it's not really that reliable. And and what's more notable is that there were a couple of very specific years where it wildly led us astray, uh, as in, for example, 2008, when the Giants won, uh, who were part of the NFC, and, you know, the stock market in 2008 was was yeah. bad on a legendary scale. Yeah. And, and in fact, even in 2022, and the Rams won, it was still a a bad market in a big way. So it's kind of fun to talk about, but obviously not not something you want to yeah. manage your portfolio right, based right. on. <laughs> Biggest takeaway, don't let the Super Bowl finals uh, yeah, figure out how you right. invest your, your cash. Yep, exactly. Now, um, one that's actually a lot more accurate is the January indicator. Um, and the January barometer um, says that, you know, as January goes, so goes the rest of the year. And that that's actually that's actually even more accurate. And, hmm. and I think that there's some more reason to believe that, uh, you know. So what we find is that if we look at 1950 through 2021, um, the January barometer was was right 84.5% of the time. So we just had 
we just had a really good January. You know, markets were up in January. So if, if we believe that indicator, then this should be a good year for the stock market. That doesn't mean it'll be smooth. But what it what it suggests is that it would be up. And again, I say suggests we're not going to use this for any kind of managing portfolios, but it's kind of fun to talk about. Now, one of the things that uh, that sort of tempers that a little bit is that, um, you know, the, the market itself is up 70 percent of the time. So there's an upward bias in the stock market. So mm-hmm. the fact that it's right 84 percent of the time is not as big a deal as you might think. I mean, if, if it were evenly distributed, if 50 percent of the years were up and 50 percent of the years were down, that would be something entirely different. But it's not. There's an upward bias in the market. Bull markets tend to last longer than bear markets. And so, you know, if you're going from 70 to, to, to 84, that's it's, you know, it's still it's still um, surprisingly correct. But uh, <laughs> but it's not as much as you might think. And then we have we have the Santa Claus rally. Now, this this obviously is just in the past, but the Santa Claus rally uh, suggests that the tendency of the market is to rise in the last five trading days of the year. And. That, too, is accurate about 80 percent of the time. And, and there are all kinds of good reasons for that, apart from the fact that it's Christmas. It has a lot more to do with the fact that it's the end of the tax year and it's the end of the reporting year. You know, when, when managers are concerned about what kind of rate of return they're going to, is going to be on their marketing materials next year. Right. So they're, 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 there's a little bit more sense that, that that makes. But it's not, you know, again, it's not terribly uh I think it's, it's actually that Santa Claus is up there in the North Pole manipulating our – our finances. <clears throat> that would that would yeah. He's got all those high speed trading machines the put elves, in on the north. The it's elves. the elves. Yes, the, the, they're the, like minions. The, the, <laughs> it's the the uh, the trade the elf trading department. <laughs> that now now that that would be interesting to see. But um, yeah, so so Santa Claus you know does come to town last few days of the year. There there are some broader ones that are actually kind of fun to talk about. One is the uh, the lipstick indicator. Um, which was noticed by Leonard Lauder, who, of course, was the chairman of Estee Lauder, and um, and noticed that when um, makeup and lipstick sales went up, uh, the market was going down. And that's, or I'm sorry, the economy was going down. And that was because um, when people are on in tougher financial times and, and, you know, when they can't spend as much on beauty generally, yeah. then they'll go for the less expensive stuff. So instead of buying a new dress or, you know, something like that, well, they'll just, you know, they'll they'll feel better about themselves by getting new lipstick or getting new makeup. And yeah, that, that, that <laughs> yeah, makes it makes makes a little bit of sense. The um so that's you know, again, that's kind of just kind of a fun a fun indicator on the economy. It doesn't really tell us a whole lot, but it's kind of fun to talk about. One that's related to that, um, that used to get talked about a lot more than it does now is the hemline indicator. And the hemline indicator <laughs> suggested that as hem as as hemlines went, so went the economy. So the shorter skirts got, the higher the hemline went, the higher the economy would go, and the stock market would go. And when you know when midi skirts came back in style, you should just you know sell everything and go to cash because you know it's <laughs> <clears throat> what they found actually is that uh, um, that it that it actually is pretty accurate. But it is a lagging indicator, not a leading indicator. So there's not much you can do. It's it's actually it enables you to say more about what hemlines are going to do based on the economy and the stock market as opposed to vice versa. I would think that the waistline indicator would be more <laughs> that's accurate. probably the next one. Yeah. That's probably the next one that's going to come up is the waistline indicator. 
Um, and then, of course, you know, closely related to that is the men's underwear index because we don't want to be sexist about this. We want to, you know, have, we want to have indicators on both sides. Alan Greenspan, who used to be chairman of the Fed, came up with that one. And, and this is actually kind of funny because this is a statistic that is, no kidding, tracked by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Wow. Um, and it has to do with underwear sales. And it's um, what it suggests is that um, if underwear sales go down, then it's bad for the economy because it means people are economizing. They're cutting corners. They're not replacing things that they otherwise, you know. And I think guys worry less about this. I can wear those boxers another year, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I won't buy any more now. So the fact that we're slobs helps make this a more accurate index. I got underwear that's older than you, I say to my son all the time. He's exactly. 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and what, what we have to be careful about is that the last measurement of that last summer was that it was on the rise. So that would be that would not be a good thing. This, or actually, that would be a good thing for the economy. And I, as we saw at the end of the year, the economy was doing really well. So. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe there's something to that. Um, uh, something that's actually a little bit more based on uh, reality or, or that makes a little bit more actual sense in terms of economic statistics is the cardboard box indicator. And the cardboard indicator. Oh, I used, you've talked about this before on previous episodes. Have I? Yes, okay, you yeah. have. You have mentioned this before. So, the, yeah, the cardboard indicator um, suggests that uh, you, can, you can predict the economy based on cardboard sales. Um, and the thinking of it is pretty straightforward, right? Uh, the more people buy, the more they're going to need boxes to put them in. And these days, especially, the more people buy, the more things go through Amazon. They're going to have to ship it in some kind of box. Yep. And so, you know, if people are buying more things, before that shows up in corporate earnings, you're going to see box orders go up because they got to ship that stuff long before they report earnings. So if you watch, if you watch Cardboard... All joking aside, that one actually makes the most sense to me. Of, of all the ones we've talked about so far, yeah, that one makes the most sense. Now, we, we want to be careful about this because – or we, we should be on guard if we, if we follow that because the cardboard indicator um, fell 8.5% in the third quarter of 2023. And that's the last one that we have uh, statistics for. So that suggests that the economy may be headed downward if – I don't buy it. <laughs> You couldn't have because they wouldn't have had anything to ship it to you in. <laughs> hey. <coughs> hey. It's here all week. Try this. <laughs> Tip your waitress. Um, <laughs> another one Another one that's kind of interesting, and this is sort of like, we'll put this in the folder that's labeled self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's the, uh, the R word index, which is um, the likelihood of a recession is, is directly and proportionally related to how many times the word recession shows up in the New York Times. <laughs> and it makes a lot of sense because sometimes recessions have to do with extra external things. And sometimes it's because we just think there's going to it's be a, a mindset thing, right? Yeah, It's a self-fulfilling like, prophecy. Yeah. So the more we talk about a recession, the more likely it is that it's going to happen. So um, that that's another index. That's another index that you can watch. Uh, this is another one that's a little bit like the cardboard index and it's the champagne index. And the most the interesting thing about this is it's probably the most accurate of all the ones we're going to talk about. That it's so it's shockingly accurate, actually. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the logic of it is pretty straightforward. If people are feeling better about stuff and if, if people are, you know, feeling good about their prospects, it's more likely that they'll buy champagne to celebrate stuff with. And over the course of years, that's actually been not a bad indicator for for how the economy is going to do. And if that's true, we should also be careful of that because as of the end of 23, 
the champagne index was down 8.2%. Sales of champagne over the, you know, over the course of the end of 2023 were down 8.2% compared to a year earlier. So does it get specific like bottles of Dom or Ripple I or like, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But people are I, buying a lot of bad champagne. I don't I, know if that's a I, good thing. I would love to talk about the Ripple index if I could. Um, <laughs> But uh, they haven't developed it yet. So, <laughs> the you know, another one, and this is like probably a, a slower moving one, but th- there is also the RV index, which is very similar to cardboard and champagne um, because, you know, an RV is a, is a great big, huge expense. They're not cheap vehicles. And, um, you know, if you feel confident and if you've got money in the bank and if you've got resources, then it's more likely that if you're inclined to do that kind of thing that you would buy an RV. And if... If you're not that sure about your prospects, it's a lot less likely that you would spend sixty to one hundred thousand dollars on, on a vehicle. So that one too actually tracks along with with the economy pretty closely. So I joke around with my wife a lot about what we're going to do in retirement. One of them was buy a houseboat, live on a houseboat. Another one was, you know, I said we're this this last one was we're going to buy an RV, and six months out of the year we're going to travel the country and living in the RV. Okay, and she said that's the only retirement idea that you've had that I actually like. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. So I got an RV coming. Okay. <laughs> that's great. Well, if you and, you know, <clears throat> hundred thousand of your friends do the same thing, that's good news for the economy. There you go. No champagne though. That's yeah. Well, you know, when you get the RV, you're going to have to celebrate somehow. So. And I can't buy underwear for the next five years. Well, I'm not even going to pursue that conversation. That's one I don't <laughs> want going out over the airwaves. So we're going to leave that one right there. there you Thank go. you very much. So anyway, so it's it, this is all in good fun. This is not suggestive that you should do make any of your financial decisions or portfolio decisions based on any of these things, but they are kind of fun to talk about every once in a while. Um, just because it it's it can be humorous to to see what kinds of absurd lengths people will go to to try to find justifications for what's happening in the financial world. Your retirement is at risk. Not from the stock market, not from inflation. Taxes are putting your retirement at risk. I'm certified financial planner, Steve Worshing, and I specialize in helping people create low-tax retirements. Unmanaged taxes can take 30, 40, even 50% of your retirement income. Learn how to defend yourself against excess taxation. Our complimentary webinar will cover all the principles you need to know to protect your money for you and your family and keep it away from the government. This free webinar will cover how taxes are different in retirement, the taxes you pay in retirement that you don't have to pay during your working life, how to move savings into a tax-free environment, the widow's tax, the SECURE Act, the SECURE Act 2.0, and what they mean to you. The webinar is free, but you have to register to save your spot. So go to focusedwealthadvisors.com slash webinars and find out more and sign up right there. Even if you're not planning to retire for the next five or 10 years, this information will be critical for you. The longer you have to put the strategies into effect, the more you can accomplish. That's focusedwealthadvisors.com slash webinars to find out more and to sign up today. All right. Interesting episode, to say the (laughs) least. What's your 30-minute action item? Go Niners. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it for us. Another episode of 30-Minute Money. Of course, it's 30minute.money. You can find us on all the podcast platforms. 
And uh, please like, subscribe, and share them with your friends. We'll be back next time on 30-Minute Money. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcast or like the Stephen Wersing CFP Facebook page. And feel free to leave us a suggestion for what topics you would like to hear discussed on the show. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Focus Wealth Advisors and Cambridge are separate entities. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions.